Hello and welcome to the Gambler Betting Podcast. I'm Selectabet and as ever I'm joined by the Laurel to my Hardy. How's it going, Greg? Yes, good, thank you. Very well. Good, and we've got a very exciting weekend to look forward to. If you're a Saints fan, Greg, the biggest game in world football on Sunday. I think we'll find it's the biggest game in the universe on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so just fill us in for those who are not familiar with uh, the final of the Betfred Cup. Yeah, so Sunday sees my beloved St Johnston playing Livingston in the final of the Betfred Cup final. Obviously, massive disappointment not to be there. Um, it would have been a cracking day out mm. and a cracking night out after it um, when lose or draw especially though if we were to lift the trophy. So I think to get to another final for us is just tremendous. And I'll be partaking in my first drink of the year on Sunday. And a well-earned one at that. We'll come on to the, the cup final pretty soon. We've got a lot to cover this week. We've got, obviously, Premiership games. We're going to have a look at some of the Championship games. And we're going to dip into England again, which was successful for us last week on the podcast, Greg, with the NAP winning, thanks to Peterborough. Yeah, so Peterborough have trapped for us a few times now. Um, they trapped again this week on Tuesday. They're in cracking form, scoring goals, and League One um, has been quite a fruitful place to go. Mm-hmm. In, in uh, massive contrast to the other leagues, I think the Championship this season in England has been a disgrace. <laughs> and I, I say that for a few reasons, but um, I think League Two as well has been really difficult. But I think from England itself, League One's not been too bad this season, actually. Yeah, we're going to go there this week again. Um, and I've just kind of crossed my mind there that we're edging closer to the return of the Belarusian football and Norwegian football. And hopefully that will make up for all the football that we've missed out in Scotland over the last uh, few weeks and months. It has. I think um, missing out on League One and League Two in Scotland has been a massive blow. I think it's a league that we have focused on now for a number of years. It's a le- There are two leagues that we do really well on. So to lose essentially your two main leagues for for looking at is a, a big blow. Mm-hmm. Uh, but hopefully we'll get some Scottish football from those leagues returning soon. Um, I, I don't think there's any dates in the calendar yet, but um, hopefully by the end of March, or I don't know if it's early April, we can try and get some games played. But like mm-hmm. you say, um, thoroughly looking forward to Belarus and Norway returning. Very exciting. Yeah, we're already starting to see some localised friendlies taking place between some of the teams in those countries as well. So are we indicator of how things might shape up before kickoff? Yeah, there'll be lots of friendlies and there's already a bit of um, transfer activity in Belarus. Uh, Kadamian, um I can't even remember who he played for actually. He's away to Kazakhstan. So he, he was a cracking player last season. So yeah, looking forward to getting stuck back into it, especially once the, the British stuff stops again. Yeah, which it's not going to be far away actually, it's just amazing how quickly things come round again, but um, there's still plenty to get stuck into, still a good few weeks left in the season to go, so we've still got a lot to look forward to. So we'll move on to this weekend and we might as well start with uh, the massive game of the weekend when the whole football world stops (laughs) to watch the Betfred Cup final and it is, as you say, St Johnson against Livingston. St Johnson, Jason, is it their second major honour? In 137 years, is that correct? It is. So just to give a bit of um, bit of background, if St Johnston win the trophy on Sunday, 
mm-hmm. they will become the most successful team in Scotland outside of Rangers and Celtic over the last 10 years. And potentially, you could argue, the last 20 years. Wow. So, Is that on based on a trophy count? That's based on the trophy count. And I think if you look at top six finishes, third place finishes, European qualification, I think probably in the last 20 years, only Hibs can come close to that. Who, um, so it's a massive, you, massive opportunity on Sunday. On Sunday, who, who gave you these stats? Was it Stuart Cosgrove? <laughs> no, no, straight Paul, from my stat book. <laughs> I had a look through, and I was thinking to myself, what other teams have achieved what St Johnson have? And I couldn't think of any. So uh, you're, over, you're, over the last twenty years, you're putting me on the spot here. But um, Livingston are also chasing um, their second major honour in their history as well. So it's a massive day for both clubs and both sets of fans. It is, and obviously to play in a final is always great, but to play in a final without Celtic or Rangers, both sides go into this um, full of belief that they can win the trophy. Uh, so from a betting angle, Livingston, when the prices came out, were rightly favourites for this match at 6-4, to four, and that was off the back of their tremendous form that they had over the last two or three months. Uh, one defeat and 14 games unbeaten, one defeat. But Three or four weeks is a long time in football, yeah. And the wheels have fallen off the between a little bit. Um, that without winning three now, defeats against St Johnston at home. Um, they also lost to Dungeon United and they got a one all draw at Livingston. So, sorry, it's Midden, sorry. So, they're not coming into this in great shape, but it is a final, and I wouldn't read too much into that. St Johnston, in contrast, are in great form. They've only lost two of their last ten, and those two defeats came against Celtic and Rangers, and albeit they were narrow um, 2-1 defeats and a 1-0 defeat at Ibrox. So I think both teams will fully fancy this. Um, a bit of money now coming in for St Johnston. Both teams now 6-4, to four, yep. which I thought would happen this week, to be fair. St Johnston are probably the form team out of the two going into this, but very difficult to call at the moment. Both sides to lift the trophy is five to six. Well, it's funny you say that. I, I seen check the price on the outright market and bet three six five of Livingston eight to eleven and St Johnston even money, which doesn't reflect the fact that the bookies, you know, can't separate them over ninety minutes, which I found a bit strange. Yeah, that, that is strange. I think as well, different bookies will have different prices for this anyway. Mm. Um, I do think it's tough to call. I do fancy us to win this match. Okay. Uh, I certainly will not be putting any money on this match at all of any sort. Um, I may look at the card markets, to be fair, come Sunday once we get some team news. Mm-hmm. Um, there obviously isn't any card markets yet, which is a bit disappointing, but there should be card markets available um, in the next, hopefully, ne- next day or so. I think both sides pretty much pick themselves, so I don't think there'll be too many changes to be made, so um be interesting to see how both sides line up, but I don't think there'll be too many shocks. And I think cards could be an angle in this match, with it being a final, and at Hamden as well. Yeah, so you're going to keep your money in your pocket? Yeah, no bet for me. I'm just going to enjoy the occasion. Hopefully, St Johnson can lift the trophy, and I may have a small play on some player cards that I'll share on the channel on Sunday morning. Yeah, all apologies to our Livingston supporting listeners no, for, our, for our very St Johnson slanted take <laughs> on the cup final this week. I've uh, been really complimentary about Livingston to be fair so uh, yeah, I hope yeah, they get this, absolutely hammered on Sunday. 
this season you have, to be fair, but you have no other option given uh, how well they've performed uh, this season. They've done remarkably well. Uh, just before we move on from the cup final and have a look at the Premiership, I want to test your St Johnson's support and credentials. Oh, God. Uh, so, <laughs> St Johnson won the cup, the Scottish Cup, as it was uh, in 2014. And I want you to name not the starting 11, but the subs that were on the bench that day. Oh, the subs. Um... Oh God, you've got me now. Oh, I knew it. I knew yeah, it. Yeah, you've, you've you've stumped me. Absolutely done you here. <laughs> you have. You have. You have. <laughs> Can you give me at least one? Um, who did I say he was on the bench again in the final? I knew it. You're never a St. Johnston fan. No, I've gone blank. <laughs> okay, very quickly. Steve Banks, goalkeeper. Steve Banks is the goalkeeper. He doesn't really count because he, oh, he was on the bench that. and he was a substitute. So that's what I asked you. Uh, um, Gary Gary Miller. Gary Miller. Wait a Patrick, second, give me a second here. Patrick Craig. Hasselbank. Nigel Hasselbank, yep, well done. There we go, there's one. Uh, Gary McDonald. Yep. Lee Croft. Crofty. And Chris Illumu. Illumu, yeah, he was on the one. So there you go. That's a few of them, actually. I think most people focus on the starting 11, but... That's I'm well sure and truly. St. Johnson Anorax out there, he would have got them five in yep. no time at all. That's well and truly exposed you as a St. Johnson. <laughs> okay, so best of luck to both sides on Sunday. Uh, definitely be tuning in for that one. Hope it is a game worthy of the cup final um, and not a, a dull affair for those that are watching. Okay, on to <clears throat> the Premiership, excuse me. And uh, I guess the biggest news in Scottish football this week is the departure of Neil Lennon from Celtic. Yeah, I guess it is, yeah. I think. Um, a long time in coming, I think. <clears throat> it's been probably something that's been about to happen now, especially over the last two to three months. So absolutely no shock at all that he's left. I think you, the result you say that, I think it's actually got to a point where it, it was a surprise that he left because it just didn't look like, you know, he was going to leave no matter what happened. As a result, I think it came to a point, though. I think losing to the Ross County was just the final nail in a coffin that had lots of nails in it already. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there there were many occasions this season where you kind of thought, that's the last straw. He can't survive that. And he just kept surviving and kept surviving. Um, so as I say, I, I still think it, it was a, a slight surprise that he, he went this week, to be honest. And I think now, obviously, with Kennedy taking over, still 10 games to go. Mm. If you include maybe Scottish Cup games. It's quite a long time. And now I completely understand why Kennedy's been given the role. But I guess he's still part of what you would say has been this year's failure. Um, so it's going to be really fascinating to see who Celtic bring in in the summertime. They must have an idea already now of who they want. Yeah. Um, so I'd expect it to be fairly high profile, but who knows with Celtic? Um, I, I really don't know who at the moment is running favourites for this at the moment. Obviously, talk of Steve Clark coming in, yeah. but you've, I've looked at the list of potential candidates on the next manager market and there's at least 60 names on there <laughs> I think Robbie Savage is 100 to 1 <clears throat> to be fair Barry Ferguson's 500 to 1 so it's, <laughs> you know does it stop uh, yeah it'll be interesting I think uh, obviously Kennedy's favourite there's an opportunity there for him to to prove potentially that he's got what it takes to be the manager albeit as you say maybe only a, a short period but it'll be fascinating to see how Celtic players respond at the weekend uh, at home to Aberdeen it's a game you'd have expected them to win but I think the Celtic fans are quite intrigued to see what kind of formation and what personnel Kennedy starts with 
Yeah, I'm really intrigued by this match. Um, certainly not a game I'll be getting involved in. Celtic, what, just a shade below one to two. Mm-hmm. Aberdeen came here, what, two weeks ago, midweek, and I think they fought out. They, got, they lost one now, I think it finished up as. Yeah. Um, they did hit six corners in that game, Aberdeen. Um, they're five to six to hit four on Saturday, which I don't think is bad value, especially mm. with Aberdeen getting that victory last weekend against Kilmarnock. In terms of saying that was a huge result, it absolutely was. And it didn't matter how it happened. I think we spoke last weekend at length that this probably looks like a narrow 1-0 Aberdeen win. Mm-hmm. And it's just a huge, huge, huge result for Derek McInnes. Yeah. I don't think it takes too much pressure off him, but to get that win and finally score a goal, um, they'll come into this match, obviously, as massive underdogs. I think 13-2 to to win the match. Yeah, uh, But I'd expect them to give a good account of themselves again, and I don't expect there to probably be much in this. Yeah, uh, surprising not building a statue of Callum Hendry after he scored. Was that the first goal in seven games or something like that? It was, and that's obviously what the Johnson do. They feed out their <laughs> players to some of the smaller clubs in the league. So, uh, so yeah, again, it'll be interesting to see what reaction McInnes gets out of his team after finally breaking that uh, losing streak and failing to score uh, streak as well. So, <clears throat> fascinating game. I think Celtic look decent value, even though they are a short price here. I think there'll be a bit of a reaction from the players now that Lennon's gone um, and Aberdeen, despite the fact that they won 1-0 last week. Let's not forget that it was against Kilmarnock, who are winless in eight, I think it is now. Um, so it's a home win for me, albeit too short to back, probably. It's always quite fascinating, really, isn't it, when a manager goes, mm. at the end of the day, it's still the same players with the same ability. But because someone's left, they end up producing a better performance. Yeah, and I think it really exposes players when that happens. You know, yeah. obviously the manager carries the can, and you know, fans are fans aren't daft. They know that at the end of the day, it's the players that are on the park that are responsible for results mostly. Um, and yeah, we often see it happen. A new manager comes in, and they get that bounce. Out Did of you players, just say so. that fans aren't daft? <laughs> the fans fans are extremely that <laughs> I, I don't count myself on that obviously um, so yeah fascinating game uh, it'll be interesting but it's a no bet correct yep okay next up we're going to have a look at Hibs v Motherwell Hibs on a really good run at the moment they've won four in a row and actually I was looking at the record against bottom six teams which Motherwell are um, Hibs have won 11 drawn four and only lost one which I think is fantastic for them for them um, Motherwell, they've lost a way a wee bit No sign of any great progress Under Graham Alexander since he's come in um, So yeah, this one looks like a home win for me Yeah, Hibs, um, like you say Their form against the kind of bottom six sides is tremendous I don't think still they're playing great To be honest with you I think they are doing getting the job done I think they were obviously helped again at the weekend With Hamilton getting a man sent off after, what, 12 minutes? Mm-hmm and it was a it was a match that we said not to back. Um, Hibs are far too short at four to nine, and they've probably just done what was expected and ran out very comfortable two uh, 0 winners in that match. But eight to eleven on Saturday, again, probably just a little bit too short. Motherwell are struggling at the moment. They obviously were hammered by Hamilton. They then got outplayed and outclassed on Saturday by St Johnson 3-0 and they've then gone to St Mirren last night and fought out a 0-0 draw. Now they are missing a lot of players mm-hmm. having looked through their 
missing list from last Saturday was quite it was an extensive list of players. You're probably yeah. talking about at least seven first team players who probably would have started that match that are missing. So they've got a few players back now. They might have a few players back for Saturday. Um, again, big outsiders here, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Motherwell give Hibs a bit of a game here. I do expect Hibs to win, uh, but Motherwell are so inconsistent, you really don't know what you're going to get with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but getting that draw last night probably helps a little bit. He's a, I must say there's any pressure on Alexander, not at all. But after two really bad defeats, it was important last night they got something from the match. Uh, but this is another really tough game for them. Now, looking at this match, there's a corners angle here. I might have a look at that. I'll share <coughs> the channel um, later this week. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I just can't see, based on the forum that Motherwell are in, I just can't see how they can go to Hibside. They've got such a good record against teams in the bottom six and, and get a result. So it would be it would be a home win for me, but I agree that you'd probably want it to be a wee bit bigger than the 8-11 that's available. Yeah, I think that's obviously based on Hibs's, home, Hibs's current form and the fact Motherwell are in a bad place at the moment. So 8-11, it's not the worst of places, but yeah, I would have liked a little bit more. OK, next up is Kilmarnock v Dundee United. And I think we're starting to see the size of Tommy Wright's task at Rugby Park. Kilmarnock have now slipped to second bottom of the table. They're levelling points with Hamilton, who have a game in hand over them. Uh, Dundee United travelled to Rugby Park. Off the back of two good wins against Ross County and Livingston, then probably the last thing they needed was probably a visit to Ibrox last week, where they were beaten 4-1. But still in reasonably good form. Yeah, it's obviously... I would say this is Kilmarnock's biggest game of the season on Saturday. They were defeated by Motherwell, was it two midweeks ago, 1-0. Mm-hmm. They then had two, obviously, very tough away games at yeah. Ibrox and uh, Pataudry. They've lost those two, 1-0. So they did compete, but the biggest problem for them at the moment is they just don't look like scoring any goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, scoring goals is a real, real struggle for them. Um, they really need to get a result here. Um, it's a match that I couldn't touch at all, really. Um, I, I don't. This is probably was it Tommy Light's fourth game in charge. They've lost seven matches in a row now. Is that a club record potentially? It's I think it could eight, be a league record row, anyway. Right? If they get beaten Saturday. Yeah, it's actually eight in a row that they've lost now. Which is just just terrible, really. Yeah. So Dungeon United, such a difficult side to work out sometimes. <laughs> Really, um, I'll go back to my standard saying for the season, no result here would surprise me. But it is a massive, massive game for Kilmarnock. Um, I don't think they'll lose this game. I think they might get at least a draw Kilmarnock. Uh, but again, Dungeon United are more than capable of coming here and um, getting something as well. Yeah, I just thought Dundee United at 11-5, just purely based on form, looked quite tempting, to be honest. Obviously, Dundee United are... Kind of caught up in a, a battle for that top six position with uh, St Mirren, St Johnson. I, I guess it's down to those three at the moment. Um, you know, and this could be a massive three points for them to try and finish top six, would be, which would be a tremendous achievement for Mickey Mellon in his, his first season um, up with Dundee United. No, absolutely. Um, this is definitely must-win territory for United on Saturday. If they have any aspirations at all to catch St Mirren, there's only three games left before the split, I think then they absolutely have to win this match. And like you say, 11-5, it's not the worst of prices. Uh, I just think, given where Kamarnik are, 
um, they are due a result. <laughs> they are due something. Yeah, they are. I but think they might nick something at least a draw on Saturday. Their lack of goals worries me. I mean, they're not they're not conceding a huge amount. That's three one 0 defeats that they've suffered in the last three games. But the United still managed to get a goal at Ibrox last week. Scored three the week before, two the week before that. Also scored at Motherwell and a defeat as well. So there's goals in that United team at the moment. Um, yeah. So as I say, I think the eleven to five is tempting, but not much more than that. No, and I did. I did look at goals for this game. Just, just to go a bit left field here. Um, the over two and two and a half Asian line has proved to be pretty successful for us this season. Mm-hmm. Um, it's eleven to ten, so half stakes back if there's two goals exactly. Yes. Um, but like you say, where are Kilmarnock getting the goals from? Yeah, I don't dispute that Dungeon United could contribute here, but it's a bit of a risk this one. So for me, no bet in this match. Okay. Uh, last but not least, uh, on Saturday is St Mirren v Ross County. St Mirren going to this off the back of four draws. Probably quite pleased to see Jamie McGrath back in the team last night, but they're, they're kind of clinging on to that top six position at the moment, aren't they? They are. They're, I wouldn't say they're struggling at the moment, but when you look at their form and dig a bit deeper, they've only won three of the last 14 games. They've only won one of their, their last seven. They, as you say, have drawn their last three games at home. One all versus Hamilton, one all versus Livingston, and no no versus Motherwell. So three. I'm not saying disappointing results, but I think Jim Goodwin will be really disappointed they haven't at least picked up at least one win out of those three home games. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of highlighted this game probably on Monday. I think I think I messaged you, yeah. and I think I messaged um, David McDonald from Pine Bovril, being the St. Mirren diehard that he is. And I just feel here that Ross County look over overpriced in the double chance market. Now, having looked at St Mirren in the month of February, incredibly, this is their eighth match. They have played two games a week every week in February. Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, mm. Saturday. Um, okay, there might have been a Wednesday rather than a Tuesday, but <laughs> they've played two games a week for the last month. They've played eight matches. They drew again 0-0 last night. They, I'm not saying they're running on empty at all, but um, maybe starting to take its toll. And they're playing at Ross County side who speak about massive results. I, I don't think you can underestimate how big a result that was for Ross County last weekend to beat Celtic. Yeah, especially... Not the fact it was against Celtic, but the fact that they got three points. Yeah, and the three points that no one would have expected them to get. You know, it was an absolute bonus for them to pick those up. And I think what's fascinating about Ross County under John Hughes is that they've now beaten Aberdeen, Hibs and Celtic in his time in charge, you know, three of the top four in the league. So you just never know what you're going to get with them. <laughs> My concern is that St Martin maybe aren't big enough for Ross County to beat this weekend. Yeah, it's not, it's not a bad shout, to be fair. Um, I'm not basing this purely on the fact Ross County beat Celtic, because as you, as you say, they have struggled against the sides you'd expect them to try and get some points from. But I just think that'll give everyone at Ross County a massive, massive lift. They're now third bottom now, so they've overtaken Hamilton and Kilmarnock. So they're two points clear. And they've now got an opportunity here to collect further points. Ross County will go here, full of belief that they can get a win here. And I just think they've only played three matches this month, Ross County. Um, St Mirren have played seven. So mm, that is, you. this is their fourth game of the, of the month for Ross County. It's St Mirren's eighth. They've drawn their last four matches at St Mirren. They've drawn their last three at home. 
I can definitely see Ross County leaving with at least a draw on on Saturday. And I think for me, the main piece to kind of get on this piece is around the price. Now, I wouldn't have expected Ross County to be as big as they are, but they're 19 to 20 on the double chance market. So you're talking what nearly even money not to lose the game. Mm-hmm. And I think that's worth get, getting on side with. Yeah, I mean, they're what, 16 to 5, 16 to 5 to win. Um, I think you'd be brave to back that right enough. But as you say, if you can get the draw on side as well, um, especially around even money mark, then, then why not? I quite like a goals angle in this one, just looking at um, previous fixtures. It's a, it's a fixture that does throw up goals. Uh, over two and a half goals has landed in seven of the last eight meetings between the two sides. Um, I know Superman haven't been prolific recently, but I was quite surprised to see it as big as 13 to 2 for over two and a half goals here. 13 to 2, that's a big price. Sorry, 13 to 10. <laughs> wow, that's the super nap. <laughs> yeah, jump on that. Uh, yeah, 13 to 10 for over two and a half goals. Yeah, so I think for this match then, going back to the last point about the Kilmarnock game, there's definitely an angle there on the Asian line. So you'll probably get two and two and a half at evens or 11 to 10, mm-hmm. which probably isn't a bad shout, like you say, going by the historical meetings between these two sides. And there's a lot, there's lots to play for. Submitting, if they get a win here, could probably cement top six. And Ross County fighting for their lives. If they can get a win here, you'd expect them to move five points ahead of um, Hamilton um, yeah. this weekend. So big game for both sides. I just think that it might be a stretch too far for another match this week. Eighth game of the month. Ross County, big win last weekend, can claim at least a draw here. Okay, uh, there are there's no game for Rangers or Hamilton this weekend. I think the two teams that are missing out just purely because of the Betfred Cup final. Rangers obviously in action in Europe this evening, so uh, obviously wish them well. And we'll move on to the Championship. There's a game on Friday night, um, Inverness v Hearts. Yet another Friday night game for Hearts. I don't know. I don't know what it is with all these Friday night games for them. I guess it's the BBC Scotland uh, dictating the, the broadcast Hearts games. Uh, so they're away to Inverness and Hearts really, they've got a big cushion at the top of the league, but they've just not been performing well at all recently, have they? It's actually dis- disgraceful, really, how crap Hearts have been over the last, <laughs> what, three to four games? They've been absolutely appalling. And I know they're top of the league, they're going to romp the league, but with that squad and with that budget, um, simply the last three or four games has not been good enough um, they snatched a last minute draw at Queen of the South two weeks ago they were held at home to Morton on Saturday there they what, sneaked a 1-0 win at home to Dunfermline before that um, their away form I would say isn't, it's, not, it's not bad but they haven't been convincing away from home most of their good work has been done at Tynecastle uh, Inverness again another disappointing result for them during the week just a 2-2 draw at home to Alwa uh, obviously John Robertson has got compassionate leave as well yeah. due to family bereavement so um, plenty of games in hand Inverness but Hearts only 13-20 to 20, and based on Hearts' current form it's really not a match you could back no you wouldn't be backing them would you I think what's, what's been a kind of saving grace for Hearts is just that none of the chasing pack have really put a run together at all in the league you know there's no one putting any pressure on them everyone just seems to be taking points off each other below them yeah you're absolutely right there's no team at all on a decent run at the moment uh, Dundee lost their unbeaten home run we touched upon that game in a second but 
I wouldn't say it's a great league this season. No. It's very competitive. It's very, very, very tight between, well, I think Ayr are second bottom, but they're only 10 points off second top. <laughs> yeah. And they've got two games in hand on Dunfermline, yeah. I think. Yeah. So there's going to be lots. I think it's been called the Snakes and Ladders League, uh, the championship. <laughs> and I, I guess that's why I'm keen. And I've probably purposely avoided this league over the last two to three weeks. Yeah. It's just really difficult. It's been really difficult. So, well, I guess Hearts are way too short at 13 to 20 to be back in at Inverness. So we'll move on from that. One that doesn't, well, there's a couple that intrigued me in the Championship this weekend. And I was quite surprised to see that our both are actually the forum team in the Championship, having won three and drawn three over the last six. Now, they are 21 to 10 to win at Air United, who have only won one and nine. Um, and I asked you last week if you could talk me about a Wraith winning at Arbroath. Can you now talk me about Arbroath winning at Air? It's not for me. <laughs> it's really not. I think <laughs> 10 isn't a bad place, especially given Arbroath the way they're playing. But Air, what, second bottom, not playing well either. It's just such a, a difficult league to fathom out. Um, I think that the price you're getting for Arbroath is decent, I suppose, but there's no way I could back against it at home. Um, just anything can happen in this league. And for me, it's just a match to avoid. I consider myself topped out of it then. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't, don't let me talk you out. <laughs> and the other one I quite like to look off was Queen of the South at 11-4 to against Infermline. Queen of the South have won six of their last nine. They've won six, drawn two and lost one. Uh, whereas Infermline, they have not won away from home since October the 24th and that's the only one away from home this season in eight games and I just thought 11-4 to four for a team in Queen of the South are in pretty decent form, looked a big price No definitely, this um, was a match that jumped out at me straight away looking at the prices here um, we've mentioned Queen of the South quite a few times now in the podcast over the last two to three weeks, they went to Dundee last week and won 3-2 now, that's a good result at the best of times, but bearing in mind Dundee haven't lost at home this season, mm-hmm. but to go to Dens and score three goals is an absolutely tremendous result. And what a turnaround they've had from being what? Bottom of the league, second bottom, really struggling to, you have to say, are right in the mix now yeah. for, the, for the playoffs. Yeah. I still think Inverness could come good. You'd expect Dundee to be there and you'd probably expect Dunfermline to be there as well. So there's probably one place up for grabs still in the playoffs and the way it's going at the moment you'd have to fancy uh, Queen of the South 11-4 to four is a massive price given their form um, I think for me I would definitely be opposing Dunfermline here in this match um, at what even money yeah I'm just going to have a quick look and see what price you would get on the double chance for Queen of the South which might be the way to tackle it 8-11 um, Eight yeah. to eleven double chance or on the Toronto bet market. Let me just quickly pull that up. Two to one. Talk amongst yourselves. Uh, six to four. Six to four is it? Yeah, but I think if you're looking for a kind of long shot Aka, then Queen of the South should definitely be one that you consider this weekend. Yeah, definitely would you consider Queen of the South. Definitely would oppose Dunfermline here. Okay, elsewhere. Uh, yeah, I'll just let you rip on Dundee, shall I? Right. So, do the bookies think we're met? We're absolutely <laughs> mental. Four to five Dundee at Morton, which I think is just a disgraceful price. Dundee have won once away from home this season. One win in seven. They were turned over again at the weekend by Queen of the South. Their away form is really poor. 
how on earth can you back Dundee at 4-5? I'll say it time and time again, Dundee odds on away from home. Absolutely no chance. <laughs> um, and they're playing a side who went to Tynecastle and have done what few sides have done at Tynecastle and left with some points. Mm-hmm. So they got a one-all draw there last weekend. It probably was back to the wall stuff for them, but um, I could not be back in Dundee at 4-5. to five. If I was to pick a winner, I, I do think Dundee would win this match, but I couldn't back them at 4-5. to five. What price would you be back them at? Fours. To be honest with you, even if they were even money, or 11 to 10, or 6 to 5, I'd have to, be, I'd have to be getting 6 to 4, to be honest with you, for Dundee yeah. to be backable on Saturday. Well, that's um, not going to happen. puts me right off. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, uh, the other fixture, just for completeness, is Wraith Rovers v Alloa in the Championship. But, uh, yeah, Wraith Rovers, 47 Alloa, 5 to 1. It looks like a fairly straightforward home win, I would have thought. You'd imagine so. You'd imagine so. But then, <laughs> <laughs> that is the Championship. So, so um, Alloa obviously been very well to compete. Obviously, a part time club, um, bottom of the league at the moment. You'd expect them to go down this season. But, that would be no surprise. They're, they're still holding their own though, and they've gone up to Inverness during the week there and fought out a really good two-two draw. Mm-hmm. So they'll make it difficult for for Wraith Rovers. Um, four to seven for Wraith, a bit short, obviously. To understand why it's that short. Um, yeah, you'd expect Wraith to win this match, but it won't be pretty close, I'd imagine. Yeah, I feel as if all we do is say that prices are too short on this podcast, as if we expect as if we expect the bookies to be handing out sweeties. <laughs> okay, so that's us covered Scotland in a fair bit of detail. So we're going to dip into uh, the lower reaches in England for a couple of tips uh, just to round off the podcast, and it's a couple of teams that have done the business for us in the last week or so. Yeah, so I've kind of shied away from the from the English football, especially the lower leagues this season, but I think now business end of the season now there's a couple of teams to kind of keep an eye out for in League 1 especially so two games lined up for, from League 1 so first up is Sunderland's trip to Crewe mm-hmm. now Sunderland well in the hunt now for automatic promotion but for a pretty disappointing season so far um, obviously massive massive club for that level they tend to be favourites every season but League 1 is a bit of a a nightmare to get out of, but they're in good form. Mm-hmm. In the last three, they're scoring goals. They've got one of the league's best strikers in Charlie Wick. He's got what 18 goals this season now. He's scored in seven of his last 10 games and he's got 10 goals in his last 10 matches. When you look at Sunderland's overall form for the last couple of weeks or a couple of months, sorry, five wins, two draws, and just one defeat. Um, five of the, of the last six games have seen over 2.5 goals and they've only lost once away from home this season. And on top of that, they've scored in 12 of their 14 away games. So there's definitely a case to be made here for Sunderland to win this match and or Sunderland to score two goals. But they're playing a crew side whose home form over the last three or four months has been outstanding. Um, Six wins and three draws. So unbeaten in those nine matches. Um, still in a shout with playoff hopes. Um, both sides have scored in seven of their last eight at home, and they have scored two or more goals in six of their last nine. So they don't keep too many clean sheets, crew. Um, but I think given the way that Sunderland are playing at the moment, it just probably 
puts me off a little bit back in Sunderland to win this match. And I think the best angle here would be for probably both teams to score over 2.5 goals. So over 2.5 goals here pays um, even money. And I think that's probably the best approach for this match. I would maybe expect Crew to score and Sunderland to maybe score two. So it's got the look of a feel of a 2-1 for me this match. Yeah, I think Sunderland are a team to be getting involved with at the moment. They certainly seem to be hitting a bit of form just at the right time of the season. Uh, Lee Johnson seems to be getting a tune out of the squad where, where Phil Parkinson didn't. I think a big factor in that has probably been the form of Aidan McGeady, who was out in the cold under Parkinson. But he's come in and just seems to be feeding Charlie White goals week on week. Um, so it seems to be a really good combination that they've got going there. As you say, goals have been flying in for Sunderland. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me if they landed over two and a half goals by themselves at the weekend, the way they've been playing. No, not at all. And that's why I'm probably keen just to stick with the um, the match goals here. Because I think Sunderland are capable of scoring two or three themselves. But mm-hmm. I'm just conscious of the fact that crew at home made yeah. it very, very difficult. Unbeaten in nine, what, 21 points in the last nine games at home. So it's pretty impressive. So... Um, I do fancy both teams to score in this match and if that happens then I'd expect us to see three goals in this game Yeah, okay so over two and a half goals in that one at even money and also in League One is uh, Wigan's visit to Peterborough and again we mentioned Peterborough earlier in the podcast and they delivered in midweek as well for us They have so I'm becoming a massive Peterborough fan I've started backing them at just the right time so they landed last weekend's nap with a 3-0 home win against AFC Wimbledon and they landed again during the midweek there they won 3-0 away to Plymouth so that match was over 2.5 goals at 9-10 to so this weekend they're at home um, now top of the league five wins on the spin and they'll, con- they'll look to continue that winning streak at home to I guess what you could say is a struggling Wigan side looking at yeah. the scoring form they've obviously scored 13 goals in the last, um, what, five matches. Two goals, two goals. And they've scored three goals in each of their last three games. And they have the league's top marksman. And I've mentioned Clark Harris now the last couple of weeks. He scored in his last six matches. So 19 goals for the season, scored in six consecutive games. Um, You'd fully expect him and fancy him to grab at least one here on Saturday. Yeah, this looks like another game where it might be Peterborough that deliver all the three goals that's required in this uh, over two and a half goal bet. They've scored they've scored three in their last three, actually. Um, but Wigan, I know you're saying they're struggling, but a massive result for them. Uh, was it last night, Tuesday night? Um, a win against Bristol Rovers and Joey Barton's first game in charge of Bristol Rovers, actually. Um, so that was a huge result for them. So they'll, be a, they'll go with a wee bit more confidence to Peterborough, but it is top of the league against 22nd in the table. Uh, top goal scorers, Peterborough. You would expect them to, to win this one fairly comfortably and hopefully deliver some goals as well. Yeah, and that's part of the reason why I've gone for match goals here. Wigan are struggling, but like you say, they got a massive win last weekend. They have lost six of their last eight. Um, they lost, they've lost 14 goals in those games as well, but they do score goals away from home. They have conceded in eight of their last nine. However, saying that, they have scored in six of their last seven. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely a case here. I'm not suggesting at all Wigan's going to win this match, but I think they could probably snatch a consolation goal here. Yeah. Um, I think the four to five 
on over 2.5 goals here, given Peterborough's form, they're at home, the league's top goal scorer against a side who can see goals for fun at the moment, I think looks really appealing, and it definitely won't be 4-5 to five come Saturday. So I'm more than happy to get on Peterborough v Wigan over 2.5 goals at 4-5 to five at William Hill, and that'll be this weekend's nap. OK, so that's a nap for the weekend. Good stuff. Uh, so that's us covered our tips for this weekend. You also just wanted to highlight Serie B in Italy. Yeah, so Serie B has been a great league to back, especially on the private channel. Um, looking at this weekend, there are six matches kicking off at one o'clock. Now, for those that follow me on Twitter and on the channel will know I'm a huge advocate of Serie B and a huge advocate of the goal before 30 minutes market. So I've been rambling on about that what, market now for years now. That <laughs> landed again at the weekend. So there was a goal in the first half an hour across all five Serie B games on Saturday. Um, not for the first time this season. It's landed quite a few times now. That paid 22 to 1. And all five games went over 1.5 goals, which I think paid 4 to 1. Okay. So it's six games this weekend. Um, I'd imagine you'll probably get maybe 40 to 1, 50 to 1 for all six to have a go in the first half an hour. So definitely worth getting on. It's never far away, and I'd also be keen to see the odds on all, all six games over 1.5. OK, remind us the best way to get on that bet of goals before the 30-minute mark. It's a couple of ways. A couple of bookies do do the pre-match market of go before 30 minutes, um, but I tend to use bet 365 on the in-play market. So when markets appear in play about 10 minutes before before kickoff, I use the time of first goal market. So we'll go before 30 minutes and just do it that way. Yeah, so you need to go on the ball, you set your alarm for 12.50. Yes. To indeed. go off and get yourself on to bet 365 and check out the in-play markets. Um, and and it's, a bet, it's not about you'd expect to come in. It's It'll be 40 to 1 for a reason. But what, what I would say though is, um, if you back that every week, um, a bit like French League 2 if yeah. you back that every week over 1.5 goals and first half goals you'll definitely be in profit coming into the season on that market Yeah it's important to have that consistency and, and keep backing it as you say it's not going to come in every week but we'll need it to come in once in a while to, to make some profit on it Yeah definitely Okay good stuff can you just give us a wee recap then of your best bets for the weekend So one bet from Scotland and I'm taking Ross County double chance at St Mirren and that is 19 to 20. Um, I also have a corners angle from the Hibs Motherwell match that I'll share on the ch- private channel um, later today. And I'll hopefully have some sort of cards angle on the Betfred Cup final between Livingston and St Johnston on Sunday that I'll share again on the channel um, once we get team news. So look out for that one. And moving into England, I've got two bets in League One. So first of all, Crew v Sunderland and over 2.5 match goals at even money. And finally, Peterborough at home to Wigan. I'm taking this game also over 2.5 goals, and that pays 4-5 with William Hill, and that will be this weekend's nap. Good stuff. Now, we've spoken extensively about the Betfred Cup final, and you've got a giveaway coming up this weekend, should St Johnson win it? Yeah, so if St Johnson win the Cup, I will be putting a tweet out later today, all you have to do is like the tweet and retweet it. And if St Johnson win the Cup, I'll be giving away uh, a year's access to the private channel. So no one will be getting free access to the private channel then? Oh, that's nasty. 
<laughs> okay, don't forget you can follow Greg on Twitter at Browning84Greg and if you want more tips like these then join Greg's Telegram channel. Uh, there are, there's a special offer on at the moment until the end of the month, so just a few days left where you can get the first month for half price. So as I say, follow Greg on Twitter at browning 84 for all the details there uh, and that's us for this week thank you very much for listening to the podcast and best of luck with your bets and for the cup final this weekend Greg yes thank you good luck cheers